You know, sometimes you can get into a rhythm where church feels systematic and it just feels like I'm, I'm here, checking the box. Uh, I'm doing what I'm called to do. It's good. But every once in a while, God wants to show up in your heart and your life in a new way and do something fresh and say, you know, I know you've been praying for this for a while and you've almost gotten hardened to the thought of it ever being answered. Kind of like, remember the woman who, who was barren, but she made room for the prophet Elijah? And she said, I'm gonna build a room for Elijah so he can spend time with me. The word of God just doesn't come every once in a while, but the word of God remains with me. And when she did that, the prophet said, go ask her what we can do for her. And she said, no, I'm good, I'm, I've got it all covered. How many feel like that sometimes when you come to church? I'm all good. I'm good. My life ain't bad. It's not as bad as their but I'm good. I'm good. And he says, no, no, no. I, I, I think she doesn't have a kid. Tell her she's going to have a child. And she says, no. Why? Because sometimes when you've been praying for so long for something, the thought of hope hurts. That things could ever change or become better. Or, or, or that I could act. I, I've, I've prayed so many times that God would make himself real in my life and I've shown up to church after church and prayer after prayer, service after service, worship after worship, and I've never felt God before. And yet God is here today to say, hey, I know you've hoped for a long time, but can I show up now in your life and, and touch your life? And some of us say, oh, but God, I don't know if I can handle the, the daringness to dream and feel and hope again. Because hope sometimes hurts when you feel like hope has been deferred. It'll make the heart sick, the Bible says. And when the heart is sick, that's when all your issues come out. And I feel like God wants to heal somebody's hurting hope is what I'm going to call it. And now that hurt, hope that's been deferred and deflected and, and I never thought I could connect with a church or people or this or that or God. or All of a sudden God's saying, what about today? Can I show up and answer a prayer today, a miracle today? I want to read a scripture to you, and then we're going to be seated and receive the word. Luke chapter 1, verse 24 through 25. It's our text for this culture series of church culture. It says, now after those days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived. Everybody say conceive. It's one thing to believe. It's another to conceive. And she hid herself five months, saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you take off some disgrace and shame. I pray that you take off some prejudice and doubt and discouragement. I pray that we would take off, Lord, the old garments of defeat, the old garments of pity, the old garments, God, Lord, that we used to put on. And I pray that we would be coated, God, with glad tidings and joy, that we would be coated with your righteousness, that we'd be covered with your grace. And Lord, I pray right now, let the word of God be made flesh, tangible and applicable to each and every one of our lives to where we leave here today different than the way we came in. Let us not just go through motions of church and the formalities of church and forms of godliness, but let us step into true godliness and righteousness. Let us become, Lord, the embodiment that you have created and called and established us and gave your son for us to be. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word to your people who are called by your name, created in your likeness. And I thank you, God, that you are going to speak to somebody's heart today who's ready to see something good happen. 
In Jesus' name, everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Before you're seated, online and in-house, I want you to find five people, give them a big high five and say something good is going to happen today. Tila, give me my coffee. And you know what, Tila, my tea too. my coffee. I'm ready. Y'all ready? Okay, get out your Bibles, get out your notebooks, because I, I want you to receive something today. Man, y'all packed it in here today. Some of y'all act like, <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> uh, but I want to greet Overflow online and our Overflow in the lobby and in back. Uh, go ahead, let's give them some love, everybody in the house. Love you guys. Um, thankful for you. Uh, definitely try to RSVP for these upcoming, oh, the Clarks. Hey, Brandon, what's up, man? Saw you on Instagram over there, you know, down in Mexico having a great spring. Did you all have a great spring break? I hope you had a, <laughs> So six people had a good spring break. The rest of you are like, we didn't go anywhere. Okay, hopefully you had a good spring break. You had a good time together. Uh, we want, I, I, I think it's great. I love seeing the pictures and, and the people traveling. I hope you had a good time. I hope you had a great St. Patty's Day. Anybody? No? Uh, the ch church, we don't talk about St. Patty's Day as much because there's a lot of drinking involved. And I'm like, hey, let's have fun on St. Patty's Day too. It's good. That's great. Uh, but we, I hope you had a great week, and, and I want to just speak to your heart today, because uh, there's some damage. You know, when it comes to, and we're going to talk about church culture, of course, it's a continuation of our culture series. If you haven't been here, you've got to listen to the other past ones to catch yourself up. But uh, it's pretty ex self-explanatory and pretty easy to catch along and jump right in. But in Luke chapter 1, verse pretty much 1 all the way through 25, it talks about church culture. It doesn't seem like it, but they were gathered at the temple and they were there to pray and worship. And they came just like you and I to church. To what? Pray and worship. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. prayer. All right, all right, 930, y'all helping me. So, or 945. Uh, we we want to make sure, yeah, I'm like, what service are we in? Uh, uh, but we, we want to have healthy church culture. I, I, I'm, and now, the, the hard part is we're not here to throw stones at other churches. I, I'm going to hear me now. I'm not here to throw stones at any other church. When I just talk about our church, that has nothing to do with other churches. It just talks about what we need to make sure we're doing healthy here. Does that make sense? Because there are a lot of church cultures that you may have come from that may have done some damage. I've come from church culture that, man, when you see some stuff, you're like, dude, I don't like church. And I was 18 years old when I said, I hate church. I don't like God. I barely believe he's alive and, and if, he's a God, if he's God at all. And I don't really accept all this because I watched my parents go through ministry and I watched some nasty stuff happen to my family. And I said, screw church and everything that comes with it. And I gave up on it because I had church hurt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, you have a church hurt. There's pastors and leaders, and sometimes that happens. Some of you, you have no idea what I'm talking about. This is your first church. 70% of our church got saved for the first time and attends our church. That's a wonderful statistic. Got baptized here, connected to a church here, right? Who am I? I'm, I'm preaching. I know who I'm preaching to. You, you have, you got connected here, and this is your experience and when your perspective and, and your lens of which you see church. But some people come from a difficult background of what church maybe shouldn't feel like. 
and it was hurtful. It was damaging. And so when I talk about church culture today, again, I'm not hating on any other church. Uh, in fact, our church right now is helping four other churches right now on Sunday morning. We sent a pastor to preach at another church here in town to help their church. We sent our worship director to an, our sister church in Dallas to help them lead worship because they didn't have a worship leader. We sent people to help in Lake Havasu at our sister church in Lake Havasu. We're helping lots of churches. That's the kind of church we are. Let me go a little bit further. This week, just to talk about our church, what you're a part of, we have helped five other churches this week uh, with, with changing and upgrading some things because they, they watch us online. One pastor asked me, believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy, but he's like, I need your sermon notes. I'm like, well, that's difficult. I don't usually have a lot of notes. I'm probably just going to have to listen to it. So, Because <laughs> my, fr- my friend called it ADHD. I called it the Holy Spirit. I was just flowing with but <laughs> I called it. <laughs> You just got to, that's my excuse. That's how I just chalk it up. But you, he was listening. He, they said, oh, I want to preach that message. So they're preaching that message today, the one I preached a couple weeks ago. There's another church that said, hey, oh, my God, I love the way you do worship. How do you do it? Can you come train our worship team? We went and trained their worship team. Another group said, another church called us in, ta- in town. I'm not talking about outside church. They said, hey, will you come fix our audio? Our audio is not. We went and helped them fix their audio. Another church called and said, hey, I love, I, I watch, this is the pastor, I watch your services. I want your stage. Can you come help rebuild, make our stage look like your stage and we're like yes we'll come help you why because I'm not about just the big eyes and little U's this is not about land in our bridge church this is about the body of Christ being healthy and I love helping people it's all right it's let's do this let's make it happen because when the water rises for one ship it raises for all ships and so let's just raise the water somebody say raise the water Let's, let's go a little higher today, and let's get a little deeper, and let's go a little further. Because we're not meant to be so shallow and, and, and petty in the way we do things and damaging and hurtful. I hope you feel welcomed and accepted here. But if you don't, understand that hurt people are here too, and sometimes hurting people hurt people. There, there, I'm gonna go, there are crazy people here too. Yeah, y'all are laughing because you're like, I got greeted by one. <laughs> when I said give a high five, you got like a whole dialogue of like a conversation. You were like, you were only supposed to say one phrase. And you got me here in a conversation for five minutes. We have, we have crazy people. We have good people. We have, uh, we have, we have, all kind, we have a diverse tapestry of people. And that's great because if the only time I worship with somebody different is in heaven, I messed up on earth. I want to worship with people who are different. I want to worship with people who don't clap and do clap. Kinda. I want you all to learn how to clap, but I, I, it, it's, a, it's, it's a level of participation in this symbiotic relationship between you and I as the minister of the word and the receiver of the word. And, and as we flow together and you, get, you hear other people say amen, you learn when to say amen. Okay, close. I want to get back into this word in verse 6, Luke chapter 1, and I want to kind of continue, I should say, unpack church culture. Uh, And what healthy culture looks like. And we began last week. And it says in verse 6. And they were both righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. Blameless. They're good people. But they had no children. Because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. We talked a little bit about this last week. That you can be a good person. And still not have all your prayers answered. 
And the false pretense that we set up in church is when you come here, God's going to answer everything you need. But I, I can't set you up for failure. Is it okay to create a healthy expectation that God's not going to answer every one of your whims and desires, but he will fulfill his will in your life? And so they understand that they didn't have an, a prayer answered. But here we go. It says, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense, prayer and worship, when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude, who? Yeah, getting better. Say me. He's talking about us. They, the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. And, and I, 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 I kind of got to that part. And we talked a lot about we have a culture of worship at this church. Amen. I love our worship team. It's incredible. The, the bench is getting deeper. And these guys are, I love it. I love Kavon when Kavon's like rocking back and forth. And he's like, you better get, and he does this thing right here. I'm like, woo. It's, if he's not careful, it almost looks a little too, I was like, you need to, maybe only the hand, not the hips. I was like, just one or the other. <laughs> but you do it, I love, I love, come on. But we love worship, and we love prayer, and we like to pray. We like to pray here. Why? Because I actually believe that prayer works. Uh, and I'm going to share with you a testimony here and a little bit of a miracle that happened this week. But uh, where there's all kinds of pieces of our culture. We're not a, a part of our culture. Is we're not a quiet culture because a quiet culture is a dying culture. A quiet church is a dying church. A quiet believer is a dying believer. When you, you have not been given the spirit of timidity but a power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Yeah, that we have to learn how that everything in your life, especially in the kingdom of God, is voice activated. Until you speak it, it'll, you'll never see it. You have to begin to speak things. So we'll talk about declaration here in a minute. But we talked about prayer. We talked about worship. We talked about that kind of culture. And then today I want to talk to you about the assembly. Write that down. We have an assembled culture. When I say assemble, where does your mind go? Avengers? Assemble. Maybe some of you are more sinful and you thought of Anchorman. News team, assemble. That's where my mind went. And, and I have this, you, we have these assemble moments. And the Bible talks about how Jesus died so that we could become the ecclesia, which means uh, it's broken into two words, actually. It's the first part is out of and call to. So it's out of who you used to be into what you can be. And God has called us out of being alone and isolated and into Getting together. Somebody say, come together. We have to come together because a church culture, a healthy church culture comes together. How can you be friends with somebody that you never see? You need to, I actually like the people I go to church with. Turn to the person you like and say, I like going to church with you. Now turn to the person you didn't turn to and say, you can do better. <laughs> we have, we, we, we want to. We want to go to church with people we like. It, look, if you look miserable, fix your face. Because you, I like going to church with you. I, 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 I love smiling when I preach. I love getting excited when I preach because I feel that God is actually going to do what he says he will do. And I believe that God will actually love you, embrace you, accept you. I believe that God will do miracle signs and wonders in you. I believe Flagstaff will flip upside down and we will see churches grow like never before. I believe what I'm preaching. So I get excited. 
what does that all say? If you feel froggy, jump on it. I, I, I feel like we're, some of y'all are like, that's not a saying. I, I have this, I have this, this urge to say, God can do it. I, some of y'all don't know why I have a handkerchief. And I've told the story a thousand times, and I don't have time to tell the whole story. But I was a child, nine years old, had missing part of my tracheotomy from an accident. And my father anointed a cloth and play, prayed over me when I was nine years old, my purpose and my destiny that I was called to preach and teach. And when he prayed over me, he, the next morning, I got pulled, I got alarms going off everywhere. Why? Because the, tra- the box that was in my throat was now on my lap mysteriously. And they rushed me into the emergency room, cut me back open. The only reason I have a scar today is because they cut it back open. When they opened it up, the piece that I I was missing, I was no longer missing because I was totally healed. Some of you think what we do here at this church is random, but everything we do at this church has a purpose, has a reason, has a, has a, a, there's a, there's a reason why you give. There's a reason why you clap. There's a reason why you stand and worship in honor and reverence to God. There is a reason for what we do. And, he's, and we come together. Why? Because the ecclesia that Jesus Christ died and rose again and poured out his spirit in the upper room in Acts chapter 2 was so that we could come together. Do not, Hebrews chapter, gosh, now I'm going to get caught off guard. I think it's around 10. Do not forsake the fellowship of the brethren. You got to come together. And I know some of you online, you can't be here. But you know what? You can invite somebody where you are. And I encourage you, you can't do church alone. It is impossible to do church alone because he says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You cannot do it alone. The enemy wants you alone. Uh, Can I show you an illustration? Okay. I was going to show you whether you wanted it or not, but... So this is a puzzle. Where are my little puzzle heads out there who like puzzles? Yep, my wife, I know this is why I have this box. My wife is raising her hand. And the rest of you who don't like puzzles like me, go ahead, raise your hand. Come on, sinners. Don't lie in front of God. I'm not a puzzle guy. But when your wife is 16 weeks pregnant, she says, we're going to do a puzzle. Guess what? We're going to do a puzzle. So, but, I, but the Lord taught me a lesson. So I, I'm, I'm not a puzzle guy. And I'm not really an artsy guy, but I am a strategic guy. If you give me a goal, I, I will accomplish it and we'll find a way. Okay? So I know how to take all the, what that means is I know how to take the fun out of a game. So, <laughs> so what I did was I took this puzzle and I broke it strategically down. I said, this is what we're going to do. And she, right? I said, we're going to break down the colors. Okay? This is, gonna, this is the pink sprinkles because it has sprinkles. This is the one that has the bigger sprinkles. This one has the lines. And I broke all of them down into colors. I got them in the right piles. And I lined up all the rest of the sides. And I said, okay, here we go. Now that we broke them down into colors, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to set. And, hun- he, and she did a lot of this, by the way. Uh, but I'm taking credit for it. But we had... <laughs> She started, we started doing this breakdown of the puzzle, and we got all these piles, and we got all this stuff, and we started breaking down, and I'm like, man, we're going to finish this puzzle so quick, it's going to be amazing. Oh, we got it done, and I checked off the honey-do list. This is perfect. And so I was getting it done, and I got it all in the right piles, and then, but you had to take it from the pile of the right color to the puzzle. Because sometimes, if, if you're not careful, you're going to leave things in a pile that think that that's where just that you've gone far enough and that's where it should be but really it's a part of the pile but it's not a part of the picture and sometimes you get I'm going to break it down for you sometimes we get around people that we like 
and that we, we, we feel with and we vibe with and we click with and we agree with. Maybe I'm just going to break it down into territories in Flagstaff. We're my Donny Park people. Any Donny Park people? Come on, make some noise. Donny Park people. I got four of them in here. Who's from? All right. Three. Clap, clap, clap. Anybody else from? What about Pine Canyon? Where are Pine Canyon? Any Pine Canyon? What about Continental? What about anybody from Continental? No? Five, six people? Where are y'all from? Where'd you come from today? What other neighbors? Yeah, sun, sunri- sunrise. Sun, what, what, like, I'm going to call you out. Tell me east side. Who, who came from the east side? There we go. West side. Okay, all right. I'm so, y'all are just sitting up there letting me struggle. Like, I'm going to wait to see if he remembers my neighborhood. Frick, I'm like, oh. So uh, you got all these, you know, colors, right? And, you know, I piled them up, got them all sectioned out. And that's great. And so you get it all done. But, but really, I'm telling you, what happens is we're, we get comfortable. Oh, these are all uh, Christians. I hang out with all Christians. Oh, these are all conservatives. I hang out with all conservatives. Oh, these are kind of more open-minded, liberal kind of people. That's what I really like. And Oh, these are kind of the people who are masked people, so I hang out with masked people. And I, I, like to not ha- I like hanging out with vaccine people, and these are vaccine. And we all have our, like, little categories that we, we get in a pile, but God didn't call you to live in a pile God called you to live a part of the picture. And sometimes you need to get, you need to leave the pile. And I'm going to relate it and tie it through all of Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament in a second. But you need to see that we are not called to live in these little piles of people that we agree with. But we are called to play the part that Christ died so that we could be a part and a place and a position that says, okay, now let's complete the picture. Right? But we got to come together. How can you do that when you don't come together? How can we do that when we stay separate? How can you do that when we, well, it's not possible. You have to come together. Then we get to go. Then we get to be sent. How can one be sent lest one is called to be sent? So we, we have a problem right now in a missions field, not with giving. Giving is still one of the, where the United States is the largest giving uh, nation in the world to missions around the world. We don't have a problem giving. We have a problem going. We have a lot of people who are raising up generations who want to give money and say, you guys take care of it, and I don't have time for that stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that. I got a life to live, and we just chalk it up to somebody else. But you are not fulfilling your piece of the picture when you continue to just remain in your pile instead of playing your piece. Uh, uh, Let me paint the picture. When we talk about the New Testament, remember Palm Sunday is coming up next. Right? Woo! Palm Sunday! Remember palm branch? We're going to have all the palm branches so you can prepare to get hit, wear glasses. And we're going to have palm branches everywhere. And we got palm branches for Sunday, which is awesome. But remember what happened on Palm Sunday? Do you remember? What happened on Palm Sunday is you had a bunch of people coming to worship Jesus. Come on, let's clap. Let's clap. Jesus is here. Yeah! And I want Jesus, I want Jesus to be what I want him to be. They were in the right place with the wrong position. They were in the pile but not a part of the picture. And, and they, they began to praise Jesus because I want you to do what I want you to do. And I'm with people who agree like I agree, but I'm not going to step into a new dimension. I want you to be an earthly king, not an eternal king. And so they had a whole different picture in it, and they paid the price for it because Jesus said, I wish you would have known the hour that you were in. 
Old Testament, we see Elijah. Elijah called down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel. But before he did that, he had the false prophets over there. He was on top. And I've been there. I'm about to take a whole new group next year to Mount Carmel, right where they have proven that fire got called down from heaven. There's brimstone and all kinds of stuff that is not natural to that area, right where he called down fire. So he's going to call down fire from heaven, but he's got all the people who came up to the top. But guess what? They came up to the top. But they're in the wrong pile. They're over there with the prophets of Baal. And he said, how long will you falter between two opinions? That was his statement to the people. He said, you better pick a side now because fire's coming. And he said, once you've been, so they were in the right place, but the wrong position. Oh, I want to preach to somebody. You got the, you get, you're getting close. You're in the right place, but you need to get your heart in the right position. Because God doesn't just need you on top of the mountain. He needs you playing your piece on the mountain saying, okay, God, we're believing with Elijah that fire is coming. Because when the people got on the right side with God, that's when the rain came and blessed the whole land. But it was getting in the right position. Oh, give God some praise if I'm preaching to you right now. And you're in agreement with the word that we're called to be assembled. Doesn't it make sense? It makes sense. But it's a sacrifice. Oh, every Sunday. Look, I got some of y'all. Every I see, we have a, a, it's almost like I see a different church every Sunday. I see a lot of new rows every Sunday. When we finally just stop playing the pile part and start playing our position piece, God will start painting the picture very clearly. But the reason the nation is confused, the world is lost, and everybody's still hurting and wandering is because we got a lot of piles of Christians that haven't decided to become the position of posture that God created you to be that would have power to say, now let's change the world. Now let's impact our city. Now let's change the state. But we can't do it without you. Slap somebody and say, I'm ta he's talking to you. You're like, you're slapping early. I got premature slappers up here. As the band comes, I'm going to close. And I wish I could keep preaching today, but I'm going to continue this next week. But this, this right here is the opportunity to see us not be just assembled, but I want you to see what happens when they come together. Okay, so then they come together, and then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side, the authority, of the altar of incense, worship. When Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But listen to this. Even though there was fear, the angel decided to speak declarative power anyway. So I want you to underline this next passage in the Bible because you're going to see how important declaring in your life is. So he says this. He says, but the angel of the Lord said to him, spoke over his fear. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Somebody said amen right there. If you, believe, if you have a miracle, you have a need, you have something, a question from God, he said your prayer is answered. And then he says this. He says your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. 
and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And I love how he declares this because he's saying, look, I didn't, I'm not just a nobody. I'm the angel of God sent here to speak to you. And now you being filled with the Holy Spirit have the same power that Gabriel did to say this is what God is going to do. But this is what the problem is, is we have people coming to pray. I showed up to church. I, I worship like, yes, this is, I'm taking notes like he said. I'm paying attention, kind of. And we pray and we worship and we show up to church and we do this. I don't know if that's going to happen. How would you look if you knew God was about to show up right next to you? How, how would you sit? I, for me, I'd be like, oh, okay, all right, here we go. I'm ready. And I would do something. I'd change up something. I'd just be ready. I wouldn't be sitting there looking caught off guard that I prayed to God and he actually showed up for me because a church culture should be an expectant culture. But we've created a brand of Christian, a genre of something that has become this disformed, disfigured body of Christ that we, we worship a God that we expect him to do nothing. We, we pray to a God and never expect him to answer. But I know a God who answers. I know a God who does miracles, signs, and wonders. I know a God who shows up when I didn't even think he could show up. When I didn't feel it, he was working. When I didn't see it, he was working. When I didn't know it, he was working. God moves when I don't even know it, and I need to be expecting God to show up at any turn, at any moment, because my God is faithful. My God is just. My God is good. My God is faithful. I know I've got, because when I come expecting, the miracle can happen, because miracles are reserved for those who show up. All throughout Scripture, you show me a time where somebody didn't show up. And I'll show you a moment that wasn't recorded. And I'll show you another moment that nothing happened. How many miracles have you missed out? Because you didn't show up. Because when you show up, God can finally show off. I, we did a prayer line last week. And we had the prayer team coming. And maybe there was only a few people this week because all the prayers got answered. I don't know. But uh, we, we, had a few, uh, we had a bunch of people come down, prayed for everybody. And then I got a report. Lots of reports. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, so I'm going to share one with you. Can I share one with you? So I prayed for some. She came down during this service. And she'll be here. I don't see her right now. She'll be here next service. So she, she came down and she said, will you pray for my knee? I said, oh, yeah, we'll pray for knee. I said, what's going on? She said, oh, I'm supposed to have surgery. I said, oh, okay, we'll pray for the, you know, the doctor and we'll pray for everything. God, you do it. And I just said, God, you can do anything. God, do the miracle. God, you're the miracle. God, you're the miracle. God, you're the miracle. And I just prayed, God, show up. And I prayed it, and I prayed it, and she goes, oh, I feel like something changed in my knee. And I don't know if it really did or not. Sometimes you just kind of like your adrenaline's pumping. And she goes, oh, man, I feel like God did it. I feel like God did it. She goes back into her row. The, the song kept going. She started jumping, and she was like, okay, I feel like God did it. So that was cool. 
But then she goes to go get the surgery this week. And she goes into the doctor. They do the MRI. When they do the MRI, they look at the thing and they say, hey, look, this is strange. She sent me the report from the doctor. And she, it says right there, it says that there is no damage whatsoever. Nothing is torn. Nothing is hurt. There's no need for surgery. We, we can move forward. Oh, something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. Something good is about to happen. When you come to church, you are, there's how many old school believers I got in here? Remember that old school song, Something Good? Is, it's a kind of country. Something good is about to happen. I believe something good is on its way. Right? And it might as well happen today. And, and they, they do this all. Man, I love that song. And if you don't know the Gaithers, since I mentioned Tupac a little while ago, I might as well bring up the Gaithers. Extremes here. The Gaithers sang that song. I mean, it's amazing. And I listened to that jam the whole way to church. I'm like, something good is about to happen. Why? Because I repent, Lord, for ever coming into your house, for ever coming together to magnify you and not expecting you to show up, not expecting you to do a miracle, not expecting you to heal, not expecting you to deliver. God, I repent for just preaching. I repent, God, for just showing up. I repent, God, Lord, for worshiping and never feeling, God, Lord, that you would show up in my life. And I'm not just preaching this message because it's good and it's just Luke chapter 1 and everybody knows the past. No, no, I'm preaching this message because Emily and I have lived this message. Zacharias and Elizabeth were advanced in years, older than Emily and I. But I know that 13 years of praying for something could cause a lot of damage in your heart to say, is God really going to answer anything? And then after 13 years, God shows up and says, how about now? How about we, how about, how, do, how about now? Can I do it now? I believe God's asking somebody permission. I know you've been praying for a while. Can I do it today? Can I answer that prayer now? Can I do the miracle now? Can I deliver you now? Can I heal you now? Can I touch you now? Can I speak to you now? Can I reach down in the depths of who you are and answer the question that you have never dared to breathe to anybody else? Can I do it now? And he showed up and showed off. And Elijah, uh, uh, Zacharias, I don't have time to keep going too far in this, but I'll have to keep going next week. But Zacharias replies like many of us, well, my wife is old. You ever blame somebody else for the miracle you don't see? It, you know what? Even beyond that, let me ask you this question. Have you ever questioned God's integrity according to your circumstance? No, I'm preaching. Have you ever questioned God's integrity according to your circumstance? Peter did. The storm came and was rushing everywhere. And, and, and Peter was a fisherman, guys. He'd been in a hundred storms. But he goes to Jesus, oh my God, we're all going to die. This is terrible. We're, Jesus, what are you doing? And he questioned, not the storm, but Jesus' integrity. You're going to let us die? You're asleep? And Jesus rebuked him and said, oh, you of little faith, sit down. I'll cease the storm. Why? Because our circumstances usually start to challenge how much we really believe in who God is. His integrity, his character, the essence of who God is. And, if you're, and you need to be in a position to say when God, that's why Gabriel, he replies, Gabriel says, I am Gabriel. 
Do you not know who I am? Oh, I wish somebody would get some boldness in your life. And when the devil tells you it's not going to happen, it can't happen, you can say, I am a, I'm a messenger of God. I'm created in his likeness. I'm filled with his spirit. Devil, not today. Shut the devil up. Oh, somebody, shut your devil up. Shut that voice up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. You just tell the devil, shut up. Oh, they're standing because they're believing. You better get your flesh in alignment with your spirit. Stay standing or I'm going to keep preaching. If you're not standing, just jump up with me just in case. Maybe a miracle might happen for you. And when you understand that you got to come expecting, and church culture should always be an expecting culture instead of a boring, quiet culture that never expects God to show up. But the angel of the Lord showed up and said, I am Gabriel, which means I am a direct messenger from God. What I am saying is not of my own volition, but what I am saying is from the throne room of heaven. And you don't need to question it. Now I will mute you. Oh, we'll get into that next week. But somebody needs to tell your demonic voice, your fleshly voice in your head to shut up. You don't know who I am, devil. Apparently you are mistaken from where I come from. I didn't come from you, therefore you cannot determine where I am headed. I came from heaven. And if God is the one who brought me here, God's the one who'll get me there. You didn't get me here. You didn't help me here. You didn't bless me here. But God did. And God said, I will be fruitful. I will multiply. I will be blessed. I am covered. I am am all that he says I am. And I'm going to seek his kingdom first because all these things shall be added unto. Change the way you talk about yourself. Gabriel looked at him and didn't address his issue. He said, I, I am Gabriel. Issues need to be addressed with identity. Your issues need to be addressed with identity, not with insults. My wife got it. Pastor Doug got it. Anybody else got that? Your issues, when you face them, you need to address them with your identity and his. Not everything else. Not your insight. So I think we should uh, handle this problem. You're not that smart. You need to let the Holy Spirit work through you and say, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to handle it. And I'm going to move forward with Christ. And from now on, church, is it okay that we build a church culture that comes expecting God to move? Come on, if you believe it, give God some praise. Come on, give him a real praise. They were all praying, worshiping, shouting. Millions of people. God will do it. I want to pray with you. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this time together. We pray that you would lead us, guide us, direct us. Holy Spirit, move on our life. We thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. Oh, somebody get your hands up. Get your hands up. Something's about to happen. Something good. If you need a miracle in your life, raise your hands. If you need a healing in your body, raise your hands. I feel like God's wanting to talk to somebody. Your body is bothering you. And the Bible says that you need to pray peace. Why? Because he makes whole what seems disjointed. 
And Lord, right now, I feel like somebody, there's a joint out of place. There's something that's not in alignment in somebody's body. And I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would touch them. Oh, if you see, if that's you, I want you to keep your hand up and begin to wave your hand like you're already healed. Lord, in Jesus, oh, thank you. Healing, 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 healing in the name of, another healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the back. Come on, healing online. If you're feeling that, if you understand that God is healing you and touching you, keep your hands up and keep praising God because your worship brings your healing and deliverance. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that the Spirit of God is here. Somebody needs a miracle in your life. Somebody needs a miracle in your life. There's a miracle. I don't know if it's, it almost feels like to me like an insurmountable debt. I don't know why. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but there's there's a weight on somebody that you feel oppressed. And it's the pressure. I feel like God is telling me it's the pressure of the specific debt, not just any debt, but look, there's a specific overwhelming debt that's coming up and, and it's due real soon. But I'm just telling you right now, God's saying, I'm about to relieve that because I forgive your debts just as you forgive your debtors. And Lord, I thank you right now. You're about to forgive somebody. You're about to deliver somebody. You're about to eradicate, to, to take care of and pay off that debt. And Lord, however you want to do it, the Bible says that you'll make ways in the desert, streamlands in, in, in the wasteland. And I thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to do this. You're going to provide in, in unexpected ways for somebody. And we're going to leave here experiencing God instead of trying to just talk about God. We got enough talking. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't need to do as much talking as we need to do tasting of what the Lord has at the table that he has prepared for us. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're changing somebody's perspective of what church could be like. You're changing somebody's perspective of what church should be. And Lord, I thank you that you're healing somebody's perspective of what church was. And we're going to have a new church culture. We're going to have a new church culture. We're going to have a new church culture. We're going to have a church culture that doesn't know how to stop growing. We're going to have a church culture that doesn't know how to stop praising. We're going to have a church culture that doesn't know how to stop praying and worshiping. We're going to have a church culture that's excited. We're going to have a church culture that's passionate. We're going to have a church culture that goes and becomes the witness that God has called and created us to be. We're going to become a church culture that plays our peace and not remains in a pile. And Lord, we thank you, God. That from the dust you formed us, but not from the pile should we remain. And let us become all that you created us to be. Shape us, form us, mold us, just as clay in the potter's hand. And Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And everybody who's received something good from God, give give it an amen, a shout of praise. Let heaven and hell know that you are healed. That God ministered to you and God touched you today. Oh, I can't wait to tell you what John really means. I can't wait to tell you what uh, the end of this. We only got halfway through, guys. Y'all got to be here for Palm Sunday. Make sure you're there because if you're not there, you're going to miss the whole thing. If you can't be there in person, you better stream online because God's going to do a miracle. Something good is about to happen. Something good is on its way. And I believe it might as well be today. And I know that God is going to minister to you throughout this whole week. Some of you just got to touch. And it's going to happen. Something's going to happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's just going to keep streaming all the way through into the next Sunday. And you're going to feel like, man, what changed? Something happened. And I'm here to tell you something good did happen. Something good did happen. And God brought you to the right place at the right time. 
Amen. So I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Let's speak this bridge declaration. Be dismissed and have an incredible week. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected, because we're so much better. Together. With the voice of